Thank you for downloading this message from Roots Community Church. We pray that you are encouraged by the word. If you are looking for more information, please visit us at rccphoenix.com. So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the kind of direction uh, for Roots Community Church, the vision, the, the forward idea and thinking for Roots Community Church. Now, I hate almost talking about it in that regard because it can almost at some point in time seem very self-serving. Like, well, here's what we're going to do. And here's what we believe, and here's what we're going to, you know, the, the things that we're going to accomplish and God told us to do. And there's a, th- that needs to be communicated. It does need to be communicated. But the heart of it behind what we're trying to do tonight is we feel like the Lord has laid out some, a foundation for us as a local congregation, as a local body of believers. And we're going to build on the things that he's directed our, uh, us already to do. And so as we go through some of these things tonight, um, you'll see how uh, kind of how our thinking is and what our ultimate goal is. But more important than getting our organizational direction and you know, hearing what the plan is, all that's important. What I really hope that you see and what you catch from tonight is that there is a scriptural foundation for what we're gonna go do because it is what all believers are supposed to be doing. All right, so Roots Community Church, Um, These are our two foundational scriptures there at the top here. We'll just read through them real quick. I pray that from, this is Paul talking to the church in Ephesus. There are a a bunch of believers who are gathered there in a church in the city of Ephesus. I pray that from his, God's, glorious unlimited resources, that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. We're going to hop down to Colossians uh, chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. And now, as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Into who? Him. Into him. And let your lives be built on him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. So, if you've been here for most of the uh, the other nights or any of the other of our gatherings that we've had. This is number six, I think. So six weeks, a uh, month and a half. My niece is still older than us. Um, but we're, um, you've heard me repeat this mission statement because it's something I want everyone to catch and make sure that you understand that this is kind of the outline of where we're going. So the next line, the first couple of lines on your notes there under mission, it says helping people with a, a blank right there. It's grow deep roots in Christ. That first one's helping people grow deep roots in Christ. The next blank is connect to community. Connect to community. And that last one is live God's purposes. Live God's purposes. So you're going to hear us tonight. The message tonight is going to be broken down into these three parts. Grow, connect, live. Grow, connect, live. So um, the, the, the growth section is going to have five areas of how we're going to, well, when we say growth, this is what we mean. And these are going to be, um, I'm, I'm sorry, the, when we say under the grow category, these are the roots, the five roots of Roots Community Church. 
this is what we're, our foundation is and what we're going to be built on going forward, okay? Number one, that first blank, number one, scripture. Number one is scripture. I have been, um, the majority of my adult life since I was 17 years old, I have been in, I guess what you would call vocational full-time ministry. The last five or six years kind of bivocational, like my day job is in corporate America and we kind of do ministry on nights and weekends and stuff like that. But um, there is a, a deficiency in the church as a whole with scripture. There is a ton of inspiration. There is a ton of rah, rah, go get it. Go out there and live your best life. 12, 12 steps to being blessed, you know, 19 um, principles to live your, uh, there's 20. Uh, it keeps going up, you know, with every book cycle. Um, and I'm not, um, I'm not against the inspiration. There are times that we need that, but what's going to sustain us as believers is God's word. If I were to lay a cake out here and you cut into it and the whole thing was icing, Mike is going to be really mad at me on that, especially with this tooth, right? He's going to throw that thing at me and be like, hey, where's the cake? There's all icing. There has to be some cake underneath all that fluff for there to be some kind of substance. The, the inspiration is similar that way. The inspiration is the lining, the icing on the cake, but the cake itself has to be correct. And that is scripture. That's going to be one of our main main roots here. You're, if you don't like um, reading the Bible or people to read the Bible a lot in the messages, you are going to hate this place. Because as you probably have seen in the last several weeks, we have a lot of scripture and there'll be a lot more tonight. So let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 14 through 17. <clears throat> this is uh, Paul talking to Timothy, who's he's a young pastor. He's in a young uh, church which I feel really, me and him are kind of connecting on that one. Um, but he says this, But you, Timothy, must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God, and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. That right there is a mouthful, but he goes one step further and says this, God uses it, Scripture, to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. We can find our life's direction and his will for us in his word, in scripture. This is going to be a major root for Roots Community Church, not just because it's the big R on the name, right? <laughs> number two, number two on your line there is relationship. Number two is relationship. If, uh, you, if you ever look at a diagram of a tree, you will see that most, tree have, most trees have three to five major roots. It looks like a hot mess if you look at the root structure because there's these big roots and then there's these, all these little offshoots, these other little, they look like little, um, almost strings compared to the, the, the size of the root, but there's these little twigs, these other smaller roots that will branch off of them. 
That is kind of the similar case with this particular root of a relationship. The more of those offshoots there, there are, the more depth, the more, um, the more volume of those smaller roots connected to the big ones, the more secure and stable the tree becomes. It's another level of grip that it has in the soil that it's planted. So this one, when we say relationship, what we're talking about here is first and foremost relationship with God. That is the first one. Everything that we're going to be doing here is going to be pushing you to have your specific, individual, personal relationship with God. Um, uh, participation at a church level is going to be great. That does not replace your time with God. It will not, it will not take place or transcend the importance of you praying, you fasting, you being in His Word, and having a relationship with him. The scripture that we're going to read here is, is, uh, is, is really good for this. And let's get into it real quick. James 4, verses 4 through 8. It says, You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I'll say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you must you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Look at this next sentence. Come close to God and God will come close to you. How many times in my life, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, um, I'll throw anybody else out under the bus. I'll just do it with myself, right? I'm sure I'm not the only one in the room, but I'm going to pretend like I am. How many times in my own life have I felt distance from God? How many times have I wondered where are you at in the scenario I'm in? Where are you at in the situation I'm facing? Where are you at with this hardship that I'm dealing with? Where are you at with this hurt that I've endured? Where are you? He is right where you need him to be because as you draw close to him, he draws close to you. And what you find out is that as you get closer to him, that he was never that far away. He's never that far away. That is the primary relationship. We're going to get into the secondary relationship more in our second point here, but it's relationship with other people. I, uh, I read an interview, I, or I saw an interview from a, and read the transcript of it, from a lead singer of a Christian uh, band who's a real Christian band, not just people that say they are and kind of tour around and do whatever they want to do. They're a guy really trying to live for Christ. And he, he made a statement that there is a lot of falling away for people who are in the church and people who are actually ministers because they isolate. And this is exactly in line with what the Lord's been dealing with us on and kind of what his, and what his word specifically says is that you have to get away from the screen, interacting with everybody in the screen, and put it down and reach out and go, hey, it's good to see you. Hey, it's good to see you. And make a contact with that person because what's happening is when tough times come, when you are isolated, you are the one that's typically picked off. Relationship with God is paramount and first relationship with other people is his plan and his word to us to be connected with other people in our local community and our local church body of believers okay 
There's two, two goals of that relationship, him and other people in the body. Number three, the third root of Roots Community Church is love. Love. <clears throat> this one's kind of uh, different because it's a root and a fruit, right? It's a fruit of the Spirit. Fruit, the fruit of the Spirit's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. It's the first one. It's also going to be a focus root for us. Why? Our culture and our world has a very distorted view of love. It is unbelievably warped. It is twisted. And as people take the principles of God, but try to remove him from the equation and try to uh, accomplish what he has laid out and put in their heart without him, they're going to distort what his principles really are. Okay? We have to be people of love, true love. Love does not necessarily mean always agreed. I don't have to agree with you to love you. I don't have to say, yeah, I'm in line with what you believe or what you're doing or what you're saying to love you. We have to be people who show the culture what true love is. More important than the culture. I have no interest in changing the culture because the culture is driven by people. We want to change people. By the, by the light of Christ that is in us and the Spirit of God that's in us and the Word of God that's in us and comes out in our actions with them. This, this, it has to be a very big root. I'm going to let Jesus do the talking for how important this one is. Mark chapter 12, 29 through 31. Jesus replied, The most important commandment is this. He stops. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. That one is a huge, he's placing paramount on loving, truly loving God. Then he continues, the second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself, no other commandment is greater than these. And one of the other Gospels, it says all the laws that have ever been written from the prophets hang on these two things, loving God and loving people. So our very first effort is to love him, submit to him, be his friend, his disciple, his being a relationship with him, to love him he, and him alone. Not one of many, him alone. And then to love the people that we face every single day. Some of those people that you face everything, every single day are tough to love. Some of them are coworkers. Some of those are <laughs> your wife, your spouse. <laughs> Some, <laughs> he's, Hey, if you need a place to sleep tonight, you just let me know after this. Um, <laughs> some of them are your kids, right? There's going to be people that you are in the process of raising, ministering to, living with, working with, that you are going to have to show God's love to. He has commanded us, not as an optional thing, but to engage them in true love. It's a foundational root for Roots Community Church. Number four. Growth. <clears throat> now, when we say growth, we can say, oh, yeah, we want to grow. But what does that really mean? 
growth is going to be interpreted in our context as a local body of believers as this, leaving the minor things because they're set, not relearning them over and over again, but moving into a position of spiritual maturity and becoming true disciples. Becoming true disciples. This is how we are going to measure growth. Not just, oh, I matured a little bit on this because, you know, like, um, uh, like when we were teenagers, right? We were, um, some things we learned because we grew into them and matured into them just because natural life. And we're like, oh, my dad is not that dumb <laughs> you know like he did know what he was talking about when he was telling me to avoid all these things i had that moment myself right so um this it, we're not just talking about just growth through through life we're talking about becoming a true disciple of his and that is going to require work and effort and time that you're not going to feel like you have. He is going to put you in positions as you grow that you're like, I ain't got time for this. I got mouths to feed and you know people to raise and jobs to work at and I, I don't have time to do this. And he is going to inconvenience what you have laid out for you and put you in a, in a shaper, a vice grip at times sometimes a chisel, sometimes just a soft nudge, however he chooses to do it at that moment to get you to look more like him and to become a true disciple, that is what we're talking about when we say growth. Will there be growth tracks later on, teachings, classes? Absolutely. Will we have people come here that are at different points of the growth level? Yes. And we're going to do our best to teach them this gospel all the way so that every person, whether you're an infant or spiritually mature, spiritual infant or spiritually mature, you will have an opportunity to grow deeper with him because of that. That is what we're talking about when we say growth and we're not kidding. That's our fourth major root for Root Community Church. Let's read um, Hebrews 6, 1 through 3. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. <clears throat> let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. Those are entry-level things, right? You don't need further instruction about baptism, laying on of hands, and the resurrection of, dead and, of the dead and eternal judgment. Those are givens. Coming to Christ is not the destination. It is the beginning of a wild journey. You will not anticipate where it's going to take you. Amen? Amen. <laughs> um, and so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. So here the writer of Hebrews is telling us, hey, we don't need to keep repeating all this entry-level stuff. It's time for us to go on to the deeper work. That deeper work is the growth we're talking about for RCC, okay? <clears throat> our fifth and uh, final root, our foundational root, is worship. Worship. <clears throat> I'm going to, we, we have a lot of experience in the music industry. Um, 
albums and traveling and touring and all that kind of stuff. And there is a common misconception that we ran into everywhere we went that I would love to correct. And we're going to spend sometime in the future an entire series on the on worship. But most people think that worship is the music that happened and the songs we sang before I started talking or the pastor starts talking or the evangelist starts ministering or the speaking part happens. That is incorrect. That is an expression of worship. It is not worship itself. Worship has a whole bunch of definitions. There's 16 different words in the Bible for, for the one word or Eng, one English word of worship. All of them boil down into three categories, and the most important one is this, submission to God. That word actually means a lot of the, almost every single time in the Old Testament when you see the word worship, it means to physically kneel down. In the culture at the time, kneeling down in front of someone meant I am submitting to you. You are above me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they refused to bow. Our culture today might go, well, just kneel down, dude. You don't mean it. That's not how the culture was then. They would actually kneel and say, I am submitting that this is the head of me. That is above me. Whatever the thing I'm submitting to, I am doing what that is. I'm, I'm, I'm obeying that command. So in that obedience and in that submission, that is worship. And the songs that we sing and the songs that we write and the things that you hum throughout the day when you're thinking about the Lord and singing songs to him, those are expressions of worship. They're not worship. If we think that the, that the song of worship, it, or the songs that are expressing worship are worship, the next step is to think that the feeling we get in worship is, oh, we really worship. No. No. His presence comes when we invite him. Two or three are gathered here, right? We're going to, he will come. He will be in the place where he's invited. We want him here. We're inviting him here. He is in you. He is in me. We're going to come together and worship him. But we are not that feeling. We are going to be people who worship him and submit to him and sing his praises, whether we feel like it or we don't. And at the moment, some of us don't. (laughs) And I'll be the first one on that list. Does that make sense? Let's read Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him, submitting to what he wants us to do. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Do you see the correlation between those two? You submitting to what he wants you to do, and when you do that, you start changing the way you think and operate and the way your mind perceives what you're dealing with. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. My goodness, how many times have I seen kids in ministry training programs around the world come to me and go, around the country and come to me and go, I don't know God's will for my life. (laughs) Submit to him. Let him change your mind. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, 
pleasing and perfect. So in our mission statement, grow, connect, live, growing deep roots, these are the five foundational roots for Roots Community Church. They should be foundational for everybody as believers. These are going to be five foundational pieces for us. Okay. <clears throat> the second part of that is connect to community. Grow deep roots, connect to community. We have scripture on this one? Oh, and it's over there. Which one was it? Hebrews what? Ten. Here, I'll find it for you real quick. I'm going to have Nina go over the second point one here. Hebrews 10. Okay. So Hebrews 10 is very interesting to me because the whole, just the whole chapter, it lays out what the law was impossible to do. Jesus came and all of a sudden we have this huge access and it said, talks about us being able now to go boldly into the presence of God and coming with sincere hearts. And um, I found it interesting that as they are describing what we are able to now boldly do because of Jesus's sacrifice. I thought it was interesting that they tagged on uh, instructions about connection and community. Um, let me see here. Okay, so Hebrews 10, uh, 19, I'm gonna read this. It's not on there, but just kind of, <coughs> kind of hear it out. It says, and so dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and uh, life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's love, blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Mm. And then it says, so, so it's almost like instructions of, now we can go straight into the presence of God, but go in this way. Go in with a thankful heart. You know, um, go in and know that he is trusted to keep his promise. You know, all good stuff. And then right after that, it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And I thought that was very interesting to say, let us think of ways to motivate one another. And connection, is very key for Roots Community Church uh, for this reason. We go through stuff. I know a lot of people uh, look at that and go, well, we don't want to focus on all the negativity. Well, too bad, Charlie. It's here. It happens. And, and you're naive to think that we live in a perfect world. No such thing until we get to heaven. Amen. Not going to happen. If you haven't faced a hard time, you will eventually. Because it is promised. You will face trials and tribulations. It's, it's promised. But the key to connection is that you will not face it alone. Mm -hmm. 
there's got to be something in God's church that says, man, Janelle, you're going through a hard time. You got to let me know what you're going through. None of this, uh, well, I just didn't want to bother. I just think, you know, it's just petty. I, I don't, I'm not the type of person to kind of let my walls down and let people in. Well, then you're going to be isolated, like Matt said. But there is a there's a two part to that connection that happens. One, you have to be bold enough to come and go, Nina. Something's going. I'm I'm not doing good. Something is. Uh, my heart is heavy. And then I step up to the plate and I go, We got this. Let's pray together. Let me point you back to Jesus. And we will walk together until this thing is figured out. And that walk might be years. It might not just be a walk around the, the block. And then, ooh, poof. Mike, it's, it's, it's great now. That might be a five-year walk. We have to be committed to walk with each other that way. And there lies the connection, the great family design of God that we are not in here alone. We're not, it's a lie of the enemy. We have God and we have each other. And my job for the, I'm passionate about, that's why you let me speak on connection. Um, I'm passionate about connection and community because you will not go down on your own, on my watch. That's what we should be saying to each other. You're not going, if you're going down, it's because you chose to be alone, not because we went. We didn't want to be there for you. All the way is how God's family should be. Like all the way, I'm with you. What do we need to do? You know, what do we need to do to point you back? Do we pray with each other? Do we surround you with encouragement? Do we remind you of God's love? What is it? But do not go alone. You know, and, and that's clear in his word. Let us come up with ways to motivate each other, help each other endure through these trials that we are promised to walk through. That's my little spiel. <laughs> <laughs> the, I can, if you're an overthinker like me and you run ahead on that and you're thinking, oh God, years. She said years, right? Like, how often am I going to have to, I want to relieve you of a responsibility I had to relieve myself of. You do not have all the answers, and you're not supposed to. We know the one who has the answers, and none of the scriptures that you will find about these things, it does say to be prepared to give a account for your faith, but it doesn't say when someone comes with you through a hard time, you need to have a statement right there. You got to have some word for them right there. You got to manufacture something right there because they're coming to you and you got to be the one that's going to solve the problem. No, 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 no. Let's look again what our job is in Galatians 6. We dealt with this a couple weeks ago. Galatians 6, verses 1 and 2. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Mm -hmm. We can get up under the arm and help carry you for a while. We can cook you a meal. We can sit and cry with you. We can rejoice with you. We can pray with you, for you. We can come and pick you up and take you somewhere. 
we can do those things for each other. There doesn't have to be this big answer that you're required to give every single time. What's required is that we be present and ready there for each other to bear one another's burdens. There, this has to be prevalent everywhere for us, especially when we deal with young people. Because the increase in suicide in our country is an epidemic everyone is trying to solve and they're trying to throw money at it and counselors and there are benefits to some of those things. But the ultimate answer is, hey, you're not alone. You, we are, you are in a part of a community that is here with you. We will surround you, showing you value in some, based upon what God says in his word not what I can think of to come up with to encourage you at the moment. That pressure has to go away. We just have to be available with each other. I'm a football and basketball guy. I know the World Series is right now. I don't care. I hate baseball. Um, I just do. I'm just being honest. And if if it means we can't be friends, then so be it. But I hate baseball. Um, But I heard a Hall of Fame wide receiver talk about all the skills he had when um, when he played football. And he talks about route running and his route tree and being able to catch the ball with his hands and not against his body and all these oddly specific things that, you know, the, probably some of the ladies in here are like, so what, bro? Um, but he has all these skills. And he said at the, at the end of what he said, he goes, and there's one skill that most people don't think of. I think availability is a skill. We should learn that skill of being available at every time that we can help. We can't help everybody. And we can't carry the burden for them. We can't carry the burden for them. But we can come alongside. And help carry them and help encourage them while the burden is with them and lifted together. We have to be that kind of people because that's what God is asking as, of us as a church. <clears throat> Third and last section, live. Grow, connect, live. Live God's purposes. Um, if I were to give you an analogy, I would show you on the, if you would take a second and flip over to the very back page on your notes. <clears throat> um, and then we'll come back to filling in the rest of them. On the very back page, there's a quick little diagram um, that talks about, that, ta- that, that kind of shows from the bottom up what were uh, these three categories. Grow these roots, this is the unsexy work that is required for stability. Um, when I, we first walked in this home and the guy had redone it and it was all trash and he had redone it, we were, man, you did such a good job on the walls and putting the granite in and all that kind of stuff. I never once looked at him and went, man, that foundation is awesome. <laughs> it was a given that everything else would be built upon something that was solid. It's not seen. That work that you do is hard work to get those roots to grow. It is unsexy. It is uh, below the surface, but it is what will prop up everything God builds from here on out. The middle section is connect. It's twofold. It's where all of those roots connect into one thing in your life and where we connect as a body of believers. It gives us a core place to draw strength from. 
and then live, this last section that we're going to go through here, are these branches. These branches will increase. The scope of them will increase. As we go through them, I want you to understand that they're going to be more things on the horizon. Why? Because there will be more people. And every one of you is a branch. Let's go back to the scripture beforehand and finish out our, our notes and message. <coughs> Again, if you hate scripture and reading scripture in church, you're not going to like this very much. But I'm going to read 16 scriptures here that are vitally important for this one last point. Okay. This is Paul again talking to the church in Ephesus. Therefore I, Paul, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. For there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each one of us, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. We pause right there and tell everybody in this room there is a unique stamp that has been placed on you, a unique tool that has been placed in your hand that God has put there on purpose for your life. He has given each one of a special gift through his generosity of Christ. That is why scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same time, one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. So now he said, one God, one faith, that God has given you abilities you giftings, you tools to use throughout your life. And now he says, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. So you've got a gift individually, and he gives a gift to his body. Okay? The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. Let's stop. It is not our responsibility to be the place that witnesses for you as people who are congregation or parishioners or whatever churchy term we want to use, right? Our job is to try to feed the roots of the relationship you have with Christ, point you to him, give you any wisdom he's imparted to us to give to you, let it join with what he's speaking to you directly in your relationship with him, through your prayer time with him, through your time in his word, so that you will be equipped, you will be equipped to do his work. We cannot be the place. We want you to invite people. You want people to be grow and have and be discipled and minister to. We want that to happen. Don't get me wrong. But we cannot be the place where you go, hey, I brought him here. 
go get them, tiger, and then grab the cinnamon bun and the coffee in the back and be like, hey, how'd it go in there? The goal is for you, all of us, but for us as people to go and do the work of the ministry. You use that tool that God gave you, that stamp of uniqueness, to get to the place that uh, your gift make, makes room for you. That thing that you have opens a certain door for you, and you are an injection point for the gospel. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. You're an injection point for the gospel where you are. Make sense? It flows through all of us, not just through our Sunday service. It will flow through our Sunday service because it's in us. But we have to disperse and take that goodness to the world so that people can come to Christ. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Anybody else? realize that's going on in our culture instead we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like christ who is the head of his body the church he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work that is you it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love with that in mind, let me talk about five branches. Five branches for Roots Community Church, okay? Our first and foremost branch is two, and it's number one on, on your notes there. Ready? There's two blanks. It's to make true, true, and dangerous disciples true and dangerous disciples <clears throat> the goal here is for us not to say i made it in the front door of heaven i'm good with jesus he's good with me i'm gonna go over here and live my best life and just dump all that i'll come here once a month or maybe every three weeks if you're lucky and i'm gonna give and i'm gonna volunteer for that thing that the youth is doing or whatever and then we're good right i'm golden there will be people who try to do that and they will be frustrated here because we are going to push you lead you encourage you in every way we can to be spiritually mature leave those those repeated uh what the scripture is of uh, milk get off the milk get onto the meat of god's word true disciples and then dangerous i like this one i like this one i like this one dangerous to whom the adversary that walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and since we are together and we're not isolated there's no way for him to pick us off because we're the one that's running off and all he can do is stand there and scream at you yell at you roar and with intimidation 
but because you have the Almighty God living inside you, you have moved on from the small things to become spiritually mature. You are a true disciple. When you encounter those big old roars, it's because he's afraid of you. You are dangerous to him. Dangerous people to the enemy. Dangerous. We can only be dangerous to him if we're truly disciples, not just in word, but in deed as well. Number two, <clears throat> serve. And the next two blanks are each other. Serve each other. The next two are in the local church. Serve each other in the local church. <clears throat> this is typically something that most people will look at and go, oh, you're a pastor, you need volunteers. That's why you're preaching on this one. I'm going to put a halt on that. Hopefully, if I ever do that, somebody just smack me, please. She will definitely, but some of y'all just be like, bro, what are you doing? Um, but the scripture up here that I highlighted earlier says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. This does not mean writing people who volunteer until they break. This has to be that you have a gift. Sometimes that skill is availability. I can come and help. I can do this. I can plug a need for you here. There's going to be uh, youth events, children's events, or we'll, we will ask people to volunteer when that time comes. It's going to happen, but we're trying to do it from a biblical perspective because you have a spot of a true disciple going being dangerous to the world and you're going to bring that skill to the body of Christ and try to figure out a way to serve each other. Does that mean volunteering for something? Sure. But beyond the volunteering to make the, the, the service run, the hour 15, hour 30 minute service run on a weekend, it's how can I use that skill to help serve somebody else in the community? And because I'm connected and have a relationship to them, I know what the need is. And if it's not something I can fill, maybe I can point them in direction. We're going to serve one another because God says it's one of the ways we build together. That has to be a branch from our roots together. Number three. <clears throat> this one is off in the distance. Maybe not as far as I think it is or maybe further than I would wonder that it is. Who knows? We'll guess we'll figure this out together. But number three is plant other churches. Plant other churches. Um, I want to make sure that I, uh, I, I approach this the right way because <clears throat> um, I think most people in here have been involved in church for some length of time. And so um, I don't want to... Um, I don't want to look behind me in any way. I want to look forward to where God Amen. is telling me to go. Um, I was in Texas, and when the Lord and we spent three months after we got out of the out of the ministry we were involved with there, I spent three months not knowing what to do. And I asked the Lord, "What are you want us to do? Like I don't know what to do. There's we have this ministry team, we have some of these people. What do you want us to do? Where do you want us to go?" And and I just, one day when I was praying, I felt the Lord say Phoenix. And I went, oh, I'm going back to Phoenix. And God quickly caught me and said, no, do not go back there. Follow me there. 
as if I don't want you to backtrack these three years and say, oh, this might have been like a little off ramp I shouldn't have got off on and go back to the other point and just start there and try to pick up. No, 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 no. I've been guiding you through all this this whole time. It doesn't matter if I said Miami, which would have been nice, or San Diego, which might have been nicer, um, or, where, or Montana, which I'm thankful it's not there, or wherever else that it could have been. It could have been anywhere. He's saying, I don't want you to go back to Phoenix. I want you to follow me there as if it's a new place. I don't want to look back. I want to go forward. And I'm going to tell you what we are going to do here. The goal is to do. I have a hard time saying, look at what we're going to do. <laughs> uh, God has very much uh, uh, corrected me on that, saying, stop telling me what you're going to do and just do what I tell you to go do forward. He's already doing that to me now. So you should be thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. But I am not interested, personally not interested, and I am not. don't care if anybody else has done this and because God has used a lot of things in this capacity, but I'm, I, I have no interest in building, building, huh? I have no interest in building uh, like a big, massive mega church. There's no interest in that. The reason, not called to do that. The, the reason that I'm telling you that is because I have, um, we I'm going to run into people who are going to be like, bro, let's market, let's blow this thing up, I'll get a billboard, and there's going to be flashing signs and lasers, you know, like what is that movie? Like, uh, sharks with lasers coming out of their head or whatever it is, you know, like we're gonna have all these big things and that's great. That's not what we're supposed to do. There are places that have an anointing and a calling to do that in a way that I do not have. And so be it. I, I am hoping more people fill every single church in America. If it's five people or 55,000 people, I don't care. What I think that the, what I, what I really sense, meaning the sense that the Lord is telling us to do is I'm going to put you here and you're going to be whatever number I make you. And then I'm going to bring people that you're going to send to Chandler, that you're going to send to Anthem, that you're going to send all these places. It might be 20 miles down the road. It might be 15 miles down the road. It might be in the, uh, right across the freeway over here. I don't care. It's not in my church. It's his. It's not my strategy, it's his. And so if he puts somebody in our hands, and I, he may have already done that, who's like in several years down the road, I want a pastor. The goal now is to say, hey guys, go there. And there may be some people in this room as the room gets bigger to say, I really feel like I need to go help him, go. We're going to cry, we're going to be like, it, I'm not going to be able to see you every Sunday and it'll be something that we'll be sad about. We'll remember the good old days, but we will understand that God is accomplishing his purpose. And so we're going to do everything we can to prop up and send the people that God brings us and says, send them. I'm going to do our best as a branch, an extension of this foundation to plant other churches. Number four. Strong, godly families. Strong, godly families. <clears throat> These families will take all different types of shapes and sizes. Some of them will have 19 children. Well, that was a TV show, right? 19 kids and counting. I'll use my cousin as an example. He has nine children or is it 10. He's hit double digits, I think, in the last year. 
but it'll be something like that. It'll be a single mom, it'll be a single dad, it'll be four kids, three kids, adopted kids, whatever, it doesn't, doesn't matter. The strength of that family has to come because what we are doing as the true disciples changes everything about us. As parents, since most of us are in that age, not Kenny, you don't have no kids yet, but um, that'll come one day for you. But as a, a lot of people in this room are parents, as we get closer to God and get closer to Christ, it's going to change how we deal with our kids, Amen. how we deal with our spouses, how we deal with our friends, how we deal with our bosses. It's going to change everything. And when I talk about strong, um, uh, strong and godly families, I really wanted to make this another dangerous one. Strong and dangerous families, but I didn't because that would be too much, right? <laughs> strong and godly families. When I'm talking about that, I'm talking about mothers that pray for them kids. I'm talking about women that pray for their friends. I'm talking about fathers and men that stand up as Ben and lead and correct lovingly and do all the things that we are supposed to be doing as fathers and men. I'm talking about that being growing in us and being an extension because we are sending those kids out the way those kids respond to us and the way that we deal with them in their times of adversity and the way that, that we help them grow and every other layer of family. As we get older parents, we have to take care of. As we have older grandparents that we need to look after, whatever the dynamic is, if we will be the people who draw out of, out of those roots, we are going to become and build strong and godly families that together push all of us, kids, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, all to the foot of Jesus. And that's the fourth one. Last but not least, local community outreach. Local community outreach. Um, this one, we are going, we're going to actually have an opportunity um, this year as we approach Thanksgiving and Christmas, the holidays. We're actually going to have an opportunity this year to participate. And I think um, you guys remember Arlena, who we prayed for a couple weeks ago, who's in a, a kind of a, a at-risk at a home for at-risk youth and is there. And so there's going to be an opportunity that we have immediately to kind of join together as the small band of believers that we are to make a difference for these kids this year like soon providing them thanksgiving dinner this is going to be something that we as an organization as a group of believers and as a um, as a church we focus on there's scripture behind looking after the orphans foster kids um, widows and widowers, they're um, uh, homeless people, the hungry, feeding the hungry. These are going to be things that we're going to, in some way, shape, or form, be a part of. <clears throat> um, there are too many good ministries that exist in this city already that need help. So our whole thing is when we were talking about this for years was, man, if we're ever in this scenario, I don't know that I want to build something brand new. If the Lord says to do it, we'll do it. I have no problem with obedience. That's not my issue. 
but I think there is a way that we as a body of believers can go to a place and represent Christ so well because we are volunteering to help them reach the people they're trying to because they are a like-minded group of people. If you're trying to feed the homeless, I want to help you. We want to help you. We want to join with you and find ways to do that is the ways that we can. We want to look at the ones who are looking at um, at-risk youth and foster kids, and these kids need shoes at this group home. And there's how many hundreds of groups home, homes in this city? We'll, we'll, we'll take one. Can we take one? Like there's only seven kids. Can we take one and put shoes on their feet as an extension of the work that's going on in us to say, hey, there's a physical need that you have, but we're going to try to earn a way to tell you about the spiritual need that's greater than the shoes on the feet. But you need them. And we're going to try to reach that point. We're going to try to be involved with um, an organization that, uh, something like A21, that helps people get out of, you know, uh, human trafficking and sex trafficking and tries to, there's more people in slavery today than ever in human history today. So we will be a church that engages <clears throat> there's a lot of, uh, instead of us going, we're going to set up our own, set up our, there's just too many good programs out there already <coughs> who are doing good work that could use our help. Uh, instead of us going from bottom up, we're going to build the, our own thing. And uh, the, Matt and I just uh, would volunteer down here at this transformation home. We're on seven. Is it Sunny Slope? Sunny Slope. Good people. Just, uh, they house about how many men? 35. It's about 35 men who are transitioned. There are programs like that all over the valley. We will engage and help uh, and become involved in this city. Uh, do our part. <clears throat> the goal is to draw from the roots that are built in the relationship with Christ to create a foundation with all of those coming together, all of us coming together, and those branches will extend to that whatever areas that the Lord opens for us to be in. But those branches organizationally will probably be secondary to you in being an insertion point of the gospel where you are. And if you're like, I don't go anywhere, then it's your home. And if you're like, I'm never at home, then it's wherever you're at that's the injection point <clears throat> so tonight we've talked about five roots kind of the connecting in the core and five different branches and they will those things will grow I'm sure people have burdens and the Lord will show us something he wants us to deal with and we'll bring it to all of us and say what can we do and go and go forward and kind of attack whatever we can that if whatever part of that we can um, and ultimately realizing that whatever the Lord asks us to do is a representation of him. <clears throat> Whether you listen to all that and go, that doesn't interest me at all. Great. I want you to find the church that God has for you. But if you're somebody who says, man, that's my scriptural command. And I feel like the Lord has kind of put it on my heart to be here and participate here. 
then we wanted to be very clear at part of the direction from a high level, 30,000 foot view if you're a corporate America guy, right? That is a general direction we're going to go in. As we get closer, there'll be more specifics and more details because they'll just come out when the specific need arises. But that is where we're going. I don't want to end tonight with a um, cool, understand it. Got the notes, man. We'll be in touch. I don't want to do that. What I want to do is remind us of the scripture that I read at the end there that talks about you have a tool. You have a tool. You have a tool. Every person has a unique gift that's been deposited in them to make an impact on the world. And whether Roots Community Church becomes the place you find community as a, as a believer in Christ, or it's somewhere else, it's his church, it's his plan, fine. Make sure that you become so in love with his word that you become that true and dangerous disciple that wreaks havoc on the enemy's territory and uses what's been put in your hand as a gift from birth from God to you to submit to him in worship and use it as he commands and instructs us. If I could, if I never see anybody in this room again, I would hope that I could leave you with a message that says, run to God and instantly obey what he tells you to do.